Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to today's show. As always, we'd like to give you a warm, warm welcome to today's show. I'm your host, of course, Faith. Shaz, our co-host, will be joining us in a while, and we have a special guest with us today. And I'll tell you a little bit about our guest. Greetings and welcome to all of you who will be listening in the archives. You know we love you all as well. So welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're alive with us on Her Story too. as always. We are glad that you guys are hanging out with us here live. Definitely looking forward to taking your calls, as always. We'd love to hear from you as well. So let me give you the calling number. The calling number, everybody, is 516-602-9735. That is the number to call. And remember, if you're calling from outside the U.S., which I know most of you all are, I know y'all Americans are also hanging out with us, but for those of you who are calling from outside the U.S., you need to remember to dial the U.S. country code, 001. Okay, go ahead and do that, and that will get you right in. Okay, today we have a special guest, the AHA guy, Mitchell Levy, is hanging out with us tonight. Um, I think he's here with us. I'll just bring him in to say hello. Good evening. Hi. Good evening, Hi, Mitchell Levy here. Hello, Mitchell. Welcome, welcome. It's an honor and a pleasure. Uh, it's good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Um, for those of you who are hanging out with us here for the first time, this is one of our special guests today, Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy. I'll tell you a little bit about him. I already said he's the AHA guy at AHA Zach. Um, Aha That is actually a people publisher um, that works on various platforms and partners to help people get their Aha messages to those that need to see them. So, a little bit more about that. I know Aha, right, guess? <laughs> aha, like the Oprah Aha? No, 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 this is Aha That. <laughs> okay, y'all, chill out a little bit. 
Okay. I have that as a platform, y'all. It's not a light bulb. It's a platform, okay? And um, Mitchell and his team um, built this very amazing um, platform um, to allow people to quickly share content. And um, they have shared over 41K aha messages available to share on social, um, I believe, social media for free. So, um, you know, to the author, their books, um, they have over 300, um, you know, books. Um, that were written in eight hours or less. And we want to hear more about that. This eight hours or less, we want to hear how that is done. Um, he's an accomplished entrepreneur who has um, created 20 businesses in Silicon Valley, including four publishing companies um, that have published over 800 books. So Mitchell is an international uh, best-selling author with 58 business books. 58 business schools, all you MBAs, students, you want to also tune in, okay? You want to perk your ears up. Um, he has provided strategic consulting to over 100 companies and has advised over 500 CEOs on critical business issues and has been chairman of the board of a NASDAQ listed company. Amazing. Incredible. You have been a busy man, Mr. Levy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it, but it just you know it's Levy. Um, oh, Levy. And, uh, oh, my bad. Yeah, that's it's right. Levy. You know, there's three different ways to pronounce that name, so it's really fine. And yeah, it's funny when I when I share the stuff that I do, I have to remind people that a lot of the, what I do is parallel because if you added it up serially, I'd be like 150 or something. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so. But I like I like well, to have fun. I like to I like to. Achieve this, right? You're about to share some of the tricks, right, with us. Oh, absolutely! I'm happy to. We, you know, we, it, 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 we could talk about how to get more done productively. Uh, but first, mm. I think one of the things we have to cover is how could anyone who needs to establish themselves as an expert, how can anyone's ears not perk up if I could tell you that you could write your book in eight hours or less, or and here's our go-to-market strategy. We can do a two-hour interview with you, extract your genius, and then write the book for you. Wow. So that's awesome. pretty amazing stuff. It yeah. is. It is. Yes. And we're so honored to have you on our show. And we're a show that's all about education, awareness, and inspiration. That's why we, we keep it in a kind of chat and chill kind of mode because we we try to um, keep it simple you know because right in the book when I told some of my friends that we were going to have you on they said oh my god write a book you know I realized that writing a book intimidates a lot of people you know they asked me who would read it who would want to read a book that I wrote you know um, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well why write a book <laughs> and who will want to read it <laughs> yeah. these are great so these are great questions. And, you know, since the publishing of the Bible and the Gutenberg press, books have had this, this cachet in our brain of, man, this is, to be an author would be amazing. And, and, and to, 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 for some people, unfortunately, everyone feels that their story is important. And truthfully, everyone's story is important. But what people feel is when they write their story down in words, it's going to be so powerful that everyone's going to buy. Um, and so books, content doesn't sell itself. People sell books. And 
And so what I do, generally speaking, is I'm more of a business book publisher. And, and what I like to focus on is I like to focus on the value that a book brings and, and giving that value to the person who has it so that they then can use a book, not because the book is going to sell, they're going to use their book to, to bring on more business. Right. And so for me, the coolest thing that can happen is if, if you if you have a product or if you have a service and you need to demonstrate that you're the expert in your space, then having a book is street, extremely powerful. And I'd say and, and having published 800 books, we, we have authors who have taken years to write their books. And, and so my job was always to figure out how do you make it quicker and easier? And that's where the, well, if you sat down, you could write it in eight hours. And I have to tell you, even though eight hours is a short amount of time, there are still people who can't find eight hours to write their book. And that's why we, uh, we can do the interview. So, yeah. so let me tell you, if you don't mind, I, um, we have a three-step publishing process. <laughs> so what I could do is I'll, I'll tell you about the three steps, and then, uh, and then we'll take it from there. Who would, you know, in your question, your question, let me make sure I answered your question. Uh, why would I want a book? Why would I want to write a book and who would want to read it? Gotcha. So the, you would want to write a book if you are selling a product or a service and you want people to recognize that you have expertise in your space. Who would want to read it? Well, here's the thing that's fascinating. Somebody doesn't have to even read your book if they see the book title and it covers the problem they have or the pain point they're experiencing. Or they may browse through your book and spend a couple minutes and go, oh, yeah, this person knows what we're doing. And so for me, the books that you write, the books that are valuable, the books that are relevant, think about who your prospect is or think about who your customer is. And then think about what is the problem that you solve when you're working with that customer. And then the issue is you write about that. So if you write about your prospect's pain points, when they go to Google and say, I have a problem with this thing, guess who has the book that talks about this thing? And if it's you, now you've opened the door to start a conversation and hopefully close business. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And my next question, because something popped up in my mind when you said you're the expert. A lot of people I know who actually I would consider experts sometimes don't consider themselves experts. You know, not everyone is so like, here I am, you know, I'm so perfect and so great. And yet they might have vast amounts of knowledge. Then you also have people who are introverts. And also you also have people who are very smart extremely intelligent, but they don't care for social media or they don't know how to be out there to get known. So they might write this very intelligent book, very smart with all the perfect tips, but how do they get recognized in the bunch of all the people who might be very savvy in marketing or branding a product and they might not be that good, you know what I mean? Or they might not be that known because of, you know, personalities or, you know, just who they are and might get lost in translation. How do you, how would they stand out? You know, how do you get to stand <laughs> out question. with all these experts and they're all experts really in their own right. I get lost sometimes at the bookstore. I'm like, okay, I want to take all the books, you know, but I need to pick one, you know? So how do you so, stand out? So I, I hear, I hear you. And by the way, you've got, 
you ended up with like two or three questions in your one I have question. Like four, so, I think. Um, but we're just coming out yeah, of maybe. Our talking. Just, just answer them as you as you feel as you as you choose. <laughs> oh, well, one of your questions is, uh, and and this is so true. Let's start with the. Let's start with the expert who doesn't think they're an expert, and then we'll we'll take two of the two of the and then four the your answer. And the personality ones, because I really have people who, yeah. who actually are really close to geniuses that I know, but they they're like, mm. nah, you know, it's just their personality, and this is a huge hindrance for them even to think of putting their stuff out there. They don't want to go through the hustle. They think, ah, you know. Well, part of so so what's fascinating is. The it, it, and maybe this answers all the questions with one. So I'll we'll we'll just have a conversation and then you could steer me to what you need to do. Okay. At the end of the day, what has to happen is you have to be invited. It, 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 let's say uh, you have to let's say you have to be invited for dinner. Otherwise, you're not going to eat. Okay. So <laughs> if you're an expert in an area, and uh, and the uh, the person the prospect is going to look at four or five different people. You just want to make sure that you're one of the four or five and nothing. The book is not going to close the deal for you. Nothing is going to close the deal for you other than probably you getting on a zoom call or a Skype call and having a conversation or you seeing them in person and having that conversation. Right? So at the end of the day, if it's a service, uh, they're going to buy you as a service provider. What you want to make sure happens is you get invited to the table. So one of the criteria might be, Hey, does this person have the book? Another criteria is, is did you actually run across them? So what, what's interesting, interesting to me when I, think about, uh, when I think about business, if I want to hire a consultant to, do a, to solve a problem for me, I'm telling you I am not going to go to the bookstore and figure out who it is I'm going to hire. I might go to Amazon um, and look for people who have books, or I might actually go to YouTube and look for people who have videos, or I might Google the problem that I have and see what websites come up and what people say about it. Um, but I'm certainly not going to go to the bookstore. So the interesting part, if you want to get invited to the table, you have to have a book. And even if you don't consider yourself an expert, you absolutely and everybody has some form of expertise in different areas. And so the, the issue is if you're, if you're really uncomfortable, um, maybe you should have somebody else write the book for you. Well, it could be one of your friends. It could be something else. It's, it's relatively easy to do, and I'll, I'll, give you the re I'll tell you the easy. So here's the easy button, and I want to I press the easy button for your listeners. <laughs> go for um, it. <laughs> if, if you go to ahathat.com slash author, we have a three-step writing process. So let me tell you about the three steps, okay? Step one is a Word document. In it, we have four questions, easy questions, like what's your name and what's your bio? Uh, what is a title of your book in one paragraph description? Question number one is the most important question. I'm going to tell you how it reads, and then I'm going to tell you um, uh, what it actually means. How it reads is who, are, who is the reader for the book and what are their expectations, but I'll tell you what it really means. What it means is who are your prospects and what are their pain points? And if your prospects have objections, what are your objections? Because your book, it, here's the interesting part. If you wrote a book that dealt with a pain point your prospects have and dealt with the objections your prospects have, 
if your prospects see that book, and we'll talk about you, you, one of your questions is get, getting your word out. If the prospects see that book, well, guess what? You, you're talking to them about their problems and about some of the solutions that are possible and some of the issues that they're dealing with and some of the objections they have. And if you answer questions in your prospects' minds, they have a much, A, you'll make it to the table, and then, you know, the next opportunity is hopefully you get to close business. So step number one is the Word document. Um, step number two is, and, and I guess what I hadn't mentioned yet, is the AHA That platform. So this is AHA.com. What we do is what we call a book is more in lines with how we think today and how we act today and what the world is about. And so what we call an AHA book, which is different than a PDF and a Kindle and a paperback and hardcover, we do those as well. What we call an AHA book has 140 bite-sized quotes. I call them AHA messages. 140 opportunities for your prospect to hear from you. So I'll give okay, you an example of an AHA book, message. The whole book, um, the whole book is quotes? The whole book is, instead of quotes, let's call it aha messages. Okay. So and, the author and I'll tell you, have to come up with their authentic quotes throughout the whole book, or can they borrow quotes from somebody? Um, so, great question. Yes and yes, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it 100% borrow quotes. I'd still want the author to have authentic quotes. Yeah. But you know, here's what's interesting. You don't have to you don't have to make everything up from scratch. If if the author already has an existing book or the author has blogged in the past or and this is how we how we ghostwrite, two <laughs> hours of recorded content in an interview style like you and I are having right now, two hours of recorded <laughs> content is enough to create an aha book. Oh great. Because so we should have if you do book. it right <laughs> Well, we can have an aha book. Well, what you should be thinking about is think about some of the interviews you've done in the past and, know, and right? see which two you'd want to combine together, and then you can create an aha book. Because we speak, your questions are aha messages. We speak in bite-sized forms. Good speakers present things in small sound bites. Right? So, so let me That's give you my... Well, by definition, it's true. And, and it, what's interesting is um, a, all you need, honestly, is one good soundbite to capture somebody's attention. So, so I'll give you one that works for both you and me, but this is from the book that, that I wrote on why one should write an AHA book. Because, by the way, when I, would, when I was talking to some of my friends, I said, hey, I'd love to have you write AHA books for the platform. They kept saying to me, Mitchell, where's your book on why you should write an AHA book? And I go, aha, I need to write it. And uh, what I did instead of sat down and write it, which I absolutely could have, I sat down with four of my authors and did four half-hour interviews. And so when you read my this particular AHA book, what you'll see is that 80% of the content are from my authors. Only 20% is from me. And mm -hmm. so my favorite quote from that book, and so you'll get this immediately, my favorite quote from the book is, we live in a seven-second soundbite economy. Make it count. That we do. I mean, people don't really want to read long, long books. I mean, huge books or even long reports. You know, they just want a summary. 
just sum it up. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, my parents do, right? Because they have time. They're retired. They have time. They, they, they want that book on tape that's going to extend for hours and hours and hours. But if you're in business and you're busy, if somebody could summarize their their concepts, their thoughts for you in a short period of time. Um, you know, how many of those seven second sound bites do you need to listen to before you go, you know, I should look at this platform more, or I should look at this, this person more, because I think they could solve my problem. And by the way, uh, you talked about social media and getting your, br- your brand out there. What's super cool about the AHA That platform is that each one of those 140 quotes are now instantly shareable on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+. So if somebody is reading the AHA book and, and looking at a particular AHA message, underneath these messages, messages a button for Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Google+, and they just click on the button, they share it in their network. So not only can you as author share your content, but you can now encourage your fan base to share your content because everybody gets a customized URL. So I'll share the URL for my book so, so people can read it. Just aha, A-H-A dot P-U-B slash uh, forward slash aha. And what that does is that'll bring you to my book on why you should write an aha book. Great. I'll just, Mitchell, just give me a second. I just want to bring in my co-host, Shaz. I see her on the line. Shaz, jump on in. Um, We're hanging out with Mr. Levy, not Levy, Levy. (laughs) (laughs) So jump in here. Say hello if you hear us. Great. Yeah, um, you want to yes, say hello and welcome him. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, it's our pleasure to have you on our show and welcome. <laughs> oh, great to be here. Really, thanks yeah, for having me. This is fun. Yeah, and you know what? I think I found it really interesting that, like you were talking about, that you could actually go ahead and write a book in eight hours, or you know, so it's kind of interesting because I was like, how can anybody do this? And um, I actually had a question, though, and one of the questions was that um, it's the one that it says, how can you take one piece of content and turn it into five or ten platforms? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so out- it's one of absolutely. The que- yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great question. And I... And what I'll do is uh, one of the, uh, this will, I'll, I'll go outside of the scope and then we'll come back to books. So what I did, so I, I'm, a, I'm a thought leader to thought leaders. And so I help define new, new paths, new approaches. Um, I help people be more successful. Anyone who, who's an expert today okay, and wants to get their brand out further. Before you go further, uh-huh. please tell us what a thought leader is. Ah. Uh, yes, please. Oh, tell us what a thought question. leader is. Because, you know, we want oh, to... Now we got 10 or 20 minutes of... Yeah, now we have 10 or 20 minutes of stuff stacked up. So I'm happy to do that. Um, so uh, for a thought leader, one of the things I suggest is go to the website thinkaha.com. And underneath thinkaha, and I'll, I'll give the explanation, but people can read more and listen to video and watch other things. There's a tab on that site for thought leadership, and it's, it says thought leader okay. definition. And so a a thought leader is somebody who delivers the right amount of content to the right audience and is known in that space as somebody who is the recognized expert in their space. That's the best way. That's a short way of giving the answer. I can go into more detail if you'd like to hear more. 
just a little bit more detail. Okay. So, so on that page, how I define thought leadership is with a, a marketing two by two matrix and I define it as audience by content. So uh -huh. if somebody has no audience and no content, by definition, as you know, they're unknown. If somebody has a really large audience, but their content is very narrow, um, I call that the evangelist. And companies uh -huh. used to use evangelist a lot. The, the problem with evangelists is their content is so narrow, it's hard to believe their credibility. They don't seem authentic because they only, they only believe in one thing and they only share one point of contact. Um, our old thought leaders used to be that. They, they were the ones that their content was the only content that worked. And, and if they said jump, you had to say how high. Uh, mm -hmm. Nowadays, we want our thought leaders to interact with us. We want to be able to ask questions. We want personalized answers. We want more detail. And so the, the, the next thing on that two-by-two two is the expert. The expert's the person with good knowledge in an area. And you mentioned before that you have many friends who are experts, um, except they have a very small audience. And so that would be the expert. And, and the thought leader, as I mentioned before, or the recognized expert, is the person who basically delivers the right amount of content to the right audience. Mm -hmm. and, and kind of what I mean by that is, you know, you could be a thought leader to a very focused area. You don't have to be a worldwide thought leader if that's not the area that you're playing in. And so you could be a thought leader to, um, it's, it's really the, think about any problem or issue you have and who do you turn to? Who's the immediate person that comes to mind? I would say for you, they're your thought leader. They're the person who's sharing the thoughts to you. Does that make sense now? Yeah, it sure does. And, and, um, and I was just thinking when you were talking, so um, we have a lot of thought leaders. I mean, you've gone through the, you know, the transition from the evangelists and, you know, as you're moving forward into the 21st century, all the trends and the changes taking place within this area or this scope of thought leadership. Um, so do organizations need more thought leaders? Or why? Uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, we today... So in the old days, companies used to just say, same as thought leaders. Thought leaders used to say jump, and, and their flock would say how high. Uh, mm -hmm. Companies say, here's our product, and mm -hmm. they just expect you to buy. But nowadays, that's no longer the case. We don't buy from nameless, faceless companies. We now buy from, we buy from the individuals at the companies who we get to know. And, and so as companies develop more and more recognized experts in their space, you know, you have an opportunity now to see and feel and interact directly with, with people who you can relate to. And so companies need to have more experts, more recognized experts, more thought leaders in the space so that their audience can, can grow. Because what happens is, you know, it, as opposed to the company trying to brand 100% of the company by itself, you know, have mm -hmm. experts in the space who are building their brand outside of and with the company, and mm -hmm. they're carrying both their personal brands, i.e., they're more they're more happy because they're they're more well known, and they're carrying the company brand with them. And I think that's really really powerful. So you're seeing companies like IBM that has 440,000 employees, who have programs for tens of thousands of employees to help make them thought leaders, to help make them recognize experts in their space. And it's just a powerful thing 
to recognize that the sum of the parts can be greater than the whole if companies recognize the importance of driving driving the elevation of the people inside their companies. Yeah. Is it um is it is it something similar to what companies like to um to call brand ambassadors? Or Yeah, very... exactly. Oh, okay. it, exactly. It's so there's a lot of terms that are that are synonymous. Um you know, depending I, I don't want to universally say a brand ambassador is a thought leader mm-hmm. it, because it depends on what that company is calling a brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. But what I might want to say is every brand ambassador by definition is a recognized expert. Right? Because mm-hmm. in the space that the company has said, "Hey, this is a brand ambassador," the companies feel comfortable that that person understands what's going on in the company and what products and services they sell and what clients they have and how they can help their clients be successful. And so, yeah, brand ambassador, thank you for sharing that. That's a great that's a great term and focus on what a recognized expert can be and should be. Okay. Now, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, the publishing because you might decide, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go, I'm going to get myself together, I'm going to focus, sit down, spend my eight hours, write a book, and then, okay, now I need to publish it. And um, I know a few people who have kind of gone through headaches to find a good publisher. Huh. I've had them almost lose sleep or lose hair um, working with their editors. And um, and so can you just help us navigate through this um, landmine of publishers? What makes a good oh. publisher? What is a no-go zone? What is an ethical? This is one word I have heard when people are really banging the table and saying that was unethical what they did. That's one side of it. And the other side, I'll just let you talk to all of it. And the other side is the editors. You know, I've seen people look at their final book and almost want to cry and say, mm. I don't know what they have done with my book. And I just don't want to uh, own that. So, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's painful to listen to you. The empathy part of me is, is sort of screaming in pain. Um, so we are we are also a publisher. So the Aha That platform is a social media enabled ebook. And so by publishing there, typically what we do is we'll do a cover design, a copy edit, and a content edit. Now, what people like to do, and that's the easiest way to get in the get in the door. You spend the eight hours or you have us ghost it for you, and we'll send you a spreadsheet with 140 aha messages. I guess maybe can, let me step back for a second, and I gave you one of the three steps of the publishing process. So step one is the Word document. Uh-huh. Step two, and anyone who wants to, you can go to ahadat.com slash author, and you can read step two as a single-page PDF. And because I've curated over 60,000 aha messages, this is my best practices. So it's uh-huh. how do you write a good message? How do you write a good aha message? And by the way, even if you don't publish with us, go there. It's how to write good social media content. And then step three, we have an Excel spreadsheet, and that's where your content goes. Your aha messages go in, in the Excel spreadsheet because we want – it's basically 140 quotes, which are 140 characters or less. Uh-huh. So what happens is if we're ghosting it for you or you're writing it yourself, we're going to read your answers to question one. You know, What is the Word document? What are you trying to do? We're going to read your aha messages, and we'll do a content edit. First content edit is simply – 
hey, does, does your aha messages accomplish the goal of what you're trying to do? Um, then we'll do a, a copy edit. Now, here's what happens. We send you back those comments. Uh, you're the author. You get to decide if you want to accept or, or not accept those queries. Typically, we will publish your content the way you want to have it done. And if your content is really horrible, I've only rejected, I mean, we reject a number of books before they start, but I've only rejected one book after, uh, after we were done because the author wasn't happy and I, I would feel uncomfortable publishing it. Um, but otherwise, it's your book. So what we can do is we can take the AHA book, we turn it into a PDF, we could turn it into Kindle. We also turn it into paperback and hardcover. And you know, the cool part today, when we publish in paperback and hardcover, we publish color on the inside, we distribute in 80 plus locations. And so you're really getting the exposure you need. What happens though, is each step along the way, the author gives approval. So when we take your aha messages and we put it into a PDF, we typically have one or two uh, messages per page, but we also have the content are broken into sections. You know, instead of chapters, we do sections. At the okay. beginning of a section, there's a section summary and there's an image. Well, you as author, okay. you choose the image, not us. Um, you as the author get to, get to write the section summary. Um, and then of course, since you have a book, there's front matter and back matter. And you as author get to decide what you want. Do you want an introduction? Do you want a forward? Do you want an epilogue? I mean, it's at the end of the day, and, and this is how, how it's easy to tell, it, it is the author's book. And so we wouldn't go to press unless the author says go. And there's a number of points along the way where you get to, to look at and change the, the layout, the cover design, the copy edit, the content edit. And, and the author, for us, the author owns 100% copyright, right? Because it's your book, it's your content, it's your business. And then what we also do is, and, and I did say at the beginning that you don't create books because you want to make money on book sales. Um, that said, we do write nice royalty checks to a number of our authors, and the author makes 51% of profit on book sales. So if you happen to write a book and it happens to be successful, and I, it, like I said, I, I certainly never set expectations for that. But when the book sells and, and makes money, uh, once a quarter, we'll write a check for 51% of profit. Okay. Is that helpful? Does that sound more ethical? I mean, everything, uh, to, to me, you want to talk to people who are above board. They don't overpromise. They tell you exactly what you're going to deliver. And you can go to any one of our previous authors and say and ask them what they got, and they got exactly what we said we did give them. You know, some got more, right? But we never underdeliver. We always deliver or overdeliver. Yeah, and to help those aspiring authors out there who are thinking this through really hard, because you've made the process seem very simple, <laughs> and now some might be thinking, I could hack this. I just might. Um, what a, um, if they decide to go with another publisher? And since it's, my, it's your first book, um, you don't know the field. You know, you, it's your first book. You're dealing with your first publisher. What are, what are some right. of the, the red flags that they should look out for? Just three or four red flags. If this is hmm. done, then, you know, it's time to keep walking, you know, or look left. Yeah, that's great questions. Um, let me say, by the way, uh, can I tell you that you're, I've done at least two or 300 of these this is the first time I've been asked that question, so, so pat yourself on the back. Oh, thank you. Um, I, are you welcome? Uh, 
Well, first of all, let me just say that publishing a book or, or you authoring a book and publishing a book is no, it's no different than anything else in your life. It's just a, it's just a service that you're getting, right? You're hiring a, a publisher to publish for you or you do it yourself. I would never recommend you do it yourself because if your business is to become a publisher, you can publish yourself. Otherwise, all the time you spend self-publishing should be spent on building your business. So red flags. Um, probably the first thing I do is I Google that person's name and then put all the bad things that you know you have in front of us. So Google their name, look at three pages of results, see what they see. Um, if the publisher and the publishing company doesn't come up in the Google results, well, that says something to you at all, right? Um, if there's negative feedback, that's an issue. Um, if you happen to know one of the authors that have worked with them, that's a, you know, uh, send out an email with a, with a couple questions to one of the authors. Um, other red flags. Hmm. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of people. I, I think I've heard the same problems you have that at the end of the day, the author was not proud of the book that was created and they don't want to share it with anybody. I don't know how to red flag that other than hearing hearing and reading testimonials from others. You know, because mm -hmm. that's that's the thing. If if people are unhappy, that's that's what's fascinating about today's world. If people are unhappy, they've got a they've got a opportunity to to actually write about it. <laughs> and so, if you want to find negative reviews, you know, it, it's pretty easy to do that. And and I'd say just spend a little time searching and trying to find the negative negative reviews. I'm trying to think about red flags. I, if somebody says, I, I think integrity is probably my biggest, my biggest, uh, I've got three core values I, I spend a lot of time on. Um, my, I, my core heart virtu virtues are all about uh, joy, aliveness, and aha messages. But when, mm -hmm. I, when I do business, it's about being vulnerable, showing integrity and authenticity. And so oh, if, if you actually talk to somebody and they make a verbal promise, and then when you ask for it in writing, the promise is different than what they said to verbally, that's a red flag. <laughs> that's a big one. All right. If, uh, if somebody tries to sell you their low end package and, and when they're speaking about it, they imply it's more than it really is. I mean, in terms of value you get delivered, but then when you, when you actually look at it in more detail, there's all these added bonuses and things that you should sign up to get a quote unquote real book from them. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be a red flag to me. I'm just trying to think <laughs> about as a consumer, it's you should know as a consumer with very little research, you should know exactly where you're going to get before you even start down the journey. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, so that's a negative. Let me leave on a positive. Um, you know, of our three-step process, mm -hmm. my recommendation, even if you don't publish with us, my recommendation is, is filling out the Word document. You're going to need that anyhow. You know, mm -hmm. your name, your bio, uh, the name of the book, a one-paragraph summary, and what the reader should be expecting. So fill that out. It doesn't matter if you publish with us. And there's a Word document, free to grab. Um, step number two on the PDF on how to write a good aha message. Uh, you know, you should read that anyhow, because that'll be helpful on social media. 
Now on the Excel spreadsheet, here's what's really interesting. Even if you mm -hmm. publish with somebody else, you may want to consider doing an AHA book because any one of those Excel uh, AHA messages, any one of them could include a URL. So let's say you publish with somebody else, which is fine. Um, then when you write your AHA messages, which are really highlights from your book, uh, you should include a URL to how to buy the book on Amazon or a URL that points people to your site or points people to your YouTube video. You know, and, and so I would say you could, you could touch and experience who we are by just going to the site and that three-step process is instantly available and all the tools you need are right at your fingertips. And if you decide that you want to write a different book than, than that 140 bite-sized quote book, uh, you certainly can. And, and I'd say, you know, and, and we publish other books as well, but I'd say feel free to do that. And what you want to ask yourself is how much time? When do you, when do you want to go to market? And so I, I'd say in people's minds, everyone has this idea that – not everybody, but a good percentage of biz, people in business have in their minds that at some point in time they're going to write their book, which sometimes in their mind it's the great American novel. And, and I'd say at some point in time you want to do that quote-unquote real book that's your great American novel. And in the meantime, you may actually want to do an aha book or, or a variation of that, a, a physical copy of that, paperback or hardcover, and just call the stuff you do with us your second and third books, even if it's your first one. Okay. Um, because, and, and by the way, when you do your aha book and you give it to a prospect and they go, holy cow, and that's enough to close business, you, you may never get around to your first book. And if that bothers you, I'm, I apologize. But why spend hundreds of hours writing your book when you could do it in such a smaller amount of time and still communicate the message that's appropriate. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and on that note, I have a question for you because those are two avenues that an aspiring writer can take, right? They can go that route or that route. I mean, it's a free world, right? You can make, pick and choose what you want to do, but I'm sure, I mean, having, um, how many books, 800 books you've published, you have a lot of experience <laughs> uh -huh. with writers clearly um and there are certain things that you see repeatedly because we're all human beings when people are doing something new we tend to make the same obvious mistakes um but what are the some of the common traps um that an aspiring writer um would make you know they would what traps do they fall into um when they're starting out because we read a lot of things on Google, you know, and we think all of it works sometimes, you know. Yeah, everything you want to do is going to work the first time, of course, right? Isn't that what life's about? Um, exactly. <laughs> and it was no, on Google, no. I swear by it, it works. So it must be true. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not true. I'm I, sure this trope. Some common, not common. No. It can be obvious. It's, it's a big trap. No, it's right? a big mm. trap. I. I I would say, let me step back and look at the super big picture, right? Mm -hmm. In the big picture, who are you as a human, right? And, okay. and sometimes we define ourselves by what job we work in or what title we have. Um, oh, having yeah. the name author behind our name or MBA or PhD behind our name gives us more credibility. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a TEDx talk um, next week. 
So at oh, some point excellent. in time, I'll put TEDx speaker at, behind my name, right? And yeah. oh, thank you, by the way. And so there are things that we <laughs> that we put behind. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm I'm still pinching myself. Um, <laughs> there are, Make sure you do that on stage. Make sure you pinch yourself <laughs> so that you can actually I, confirm you're there. <laughs> I, you know that's a, a that's a great. That's a great statement. I'm going I'm to go off on a, a small tangent and then come right back. So go I got lucky it. enough last year that I was asked to do the commencement speech at a university. And, wow. and that was one of my bucket list items. And, and the super cool part about that is I knew how important it was when I was asked. I mm-hmm. enjoyed the practicing. And mm-hmm. the day of the event, so imagine I, I walk into the event, they bring me into the back room. As soon as they, I didn't think about this, but they put that, that robe on me. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I'm here. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I gave, I know. And then I, and then I gave my talk and, and it, was, it went as well as I could have possibly imagined. And I enjoyed, I was fully present. I was there. I just enjoyed it. And what was fascinating is I sat down and I kind of expected the, the dean to, to pat me on the back and say, oh, thank you so much, or that was great. Uh, and, and he said something that I didn't realize the extent of the compliment he gave me. What he said was, the students really listen to you. And, and I, I kind of thought, yeah. well, I kind of Those said, are huge. Well, Those um, university yeah, well, commencements are huge, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I didn't realize the compliment he had given me because they actually listened to me and they didn't listen to anybody else, but I didn't know that <laughs> afterwards. Um, so what I'm yeah. hoping happens is the same thing. I want to make sure that I just enjoy the presence while I'm there, that I just enjoy the experience. And the one cool part about the, the Ted family is, is I'm going to get a really good video at the end as well. Assuming I do a good job, not going to win. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they don't, they don't save a penny on those. They do it. They go all the no, way. No, they, they do great. All right. So but getting again, back they to, pick their, uh, they pick their speakers quite well. I really enjoyed the TEDx talks and there is everything for mm. somebody. So you just have to pick your topic, whatever it is you want to learn more about or get inspired by, there's something for everybody. So you will definitely um, make a difference in someone's life. That's for sure. Oh, and I, I love that. But thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I also have another question. To, oh, okay. Oh, oh, do you oh, want okay. me to finish? The, I was, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, sort of partially in the answer it. of yes. the author, the, the author, uh, author stumble. Yeah, the author yeah. trap. Okay. Yeah. So, so what I was sort of starting by saying is that the we sit here and we and what defines us and what often happens is if you have in the back of your mind your dream to to write the great american novel and and by the way when i look at authors and i look at their eyes and i know what they want they tell me what they want to do even if i tell them they could do in eight hours and, and they say no i can't do that i have to do something else i could actually at this stage go you know your book's going to be done in two years and, and they go, no, 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 I'll have it done in four months. And then two years later, they go, yep, Mitchell, you were right. So, so the question becomes, <laughs> is how much better would life have been for that author if uh-huh. it was done in two months or one week versus two years? 
And, and I think that's the trap that people fall in is they want to produce something that is so amazing and so cool because when they produce their book, the world is going to jump on, jump on them and buy their book and they're going to be an instant millionaire and people will, will put their name alongside J.K. Rawlings. And no matter who you are, there's a part of that in each and every one of us. And I'd say, please fill that out. <laughs> think about what the value of the book will do for you and think about what is your quickest time to market to have something you could be proud of doesn't mean it may not be exactly what you have in the back of your head of that great American novel but you need something that you can be proud of that will mm -hmm. then open up the doors for more opportunities and that to uh, me is what uh. probably the biggest trap people have is is a oh and, and another trap so that's one trap <laughs> the, the other trap I alluded to before is people start thinking about penny pinching, right? Because you can go to Google and say, how do I self-publish? And Google, and one of the answers will be, well, go to Amazon and have CreateSpace publish for you. And, and you can, and people do, <laughs> okay? But what you don't get when you go to CreateSpace is all they do is they publish what you give them. So you now need to go outside and hire people to lay out your book and hire people to copy it and content edit and hire people to create your cover and hire people to market for you and do distribution. And the thing is, you think about how many hours you spend hiring people to do this stuff for you and reviewing them. And by the way, by definition, you're going to get at least one or two or, or somewhere between 30 to 50% of the hires wrong. So when, you, when you're done at the end of the day, how many hours did you spend being a publisher on your own book? And, certainly, and how much way, money with the mistakes and yeah, all this you did, you did, the fiction. Yeah. And then you look like something that is patchwork, you know, when you have too many cooks. Um, I think sometimes, that is just my two cents, um, I think sometimes too many cooks really do fall the broth. And, and that leads me to my next question. I will always have people who think, I know better, I can do it better, I will show them, look what I'm going to do next. Does a big ego hatch, uh, um, hatch writers? Does it help? Maybe it does help. Maybe they're the best at marketing and, you know, going out there and getting it done. But I'm, I, I just like to know, does a big ego help or hurt writers? <laughs> the biggest well. That's Just such a that's place. such an that's such an open-ended question. Um, yeah, I, I it depends on where the ego is and what it relies on. Mm -hmm. I would say, I would say in today's world, a, a big ego is not a positive thing for to be as part of a human. Mm -hmm. Having a big ego is not a good thing, right? Because at the end of the day. Think about the last time you purchased a product from somebody directly. You purchased a product from them because you know, like, and trust them, right? Mm -hmm. Those are things that we talk about these days. Do you, do you know, like, and trust the person you're working with? Well, mm -hmm. if somebody has a large ego, you may not, you may, you may not, certainly you may not actually know who they are. You may or may not like them. And you're not even sure if you could trust them because you're not sure the words coming out of their mouth is valuable or realistic or truthful or authoritative or authentic, right? So, so I would say it, it, egos are okay. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's important to like yourself and like who you are and like your contribution to the world. It just depends on how you 
how that ego gets shared, <laughs> right? Okay, and, y'all, don't and I guess let the maybe, ego get in the way. You can use it. Yeah. You know, oh, thank you. That's, that's probably the best thing you could say is don't let the ego get in the way of you. Uh, here's a great example, my favorite example. Um, mm-hmm. When I first started the AHA That platform, I thought mm-hmm. if I create a book that mm-hmm. somebody could write in eight hours, Oh my God, that's so much faster than uh, 60 or 100 or 1,000 that people are going to write their books and they're going to make stuff happen. Okay, so we did a Kickstarter last year. The Kickstarter hit 250% of goal, and 20 people purchased the ability to write their AHA book and have us publish it, either as an AHA book or as a physical book. And as a matter of fact, I was talking to, to, to one of the people who purchased it today. Now, I say that, but now and you know, hear the with, next the Kickstarter, thing with the Kickstarter statement you made, congratulations on that. Um, I just want to tell people, unless you have done a Kickstarter, it is no joke. There's a lot of work that goes behind that to get that to get where it gets. Oh, so it's actually uh, to hit 250% of goal is huge. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. And, huge. Oh, and it's not just like by oh, the congratulations, way, it is huge. And there's a lot of work that goes behind it, even to get 10,000, 2,000, 3,000. There's a lot that goes in it. Oh, I'm so glad you, br- you, I'm glad you brought that up. It's really commendable. Mm. Well, you, you know what that meant? That means two months of my life was spent on making the Kickstarter work. I mean, literally, almost every hour of every day was focused on the Kickstarter. Why? Because if I started it, I wanted to finish it. And if I'm going to finish it, let's finish it right. And let's have the social proof of being able to say, hey, I did a Kickstarter that hit 250% of the goal. Yeah, look at that. Two months fully committed with your expertise and with with all this experience, two months full-time on the Kickstarter. It is no joke. A lot goes into it. Um, go on. Yeah, so, so interesting. So 20 people, notice I said 20 people paid for the ability to write their book mm-hmm. and then to have us publish it. So six mm-hmm. months went by. How many people do you think wrote their book out of 20 at the end of six months? Two. Good, good question. Just chop that in half, and that would be the answer. So one person at the end of six months wrote mm-hmm. their book. And I'm kind of thinking, so by the way, uh, integrity-wise, that doesn't feel good. People paid me money. I owe them a service, and I can't provide that service until they provide me content. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't work. And so that's that. So listening to, to my audience, because these, these are not dumb people. These are smart people. And these are people who just weren't able to find the time. And so, so what I decided to do, that's when I came up with the interview approach. So I went to one of the authors and I said, hey, what if we talked for two hours and we talked about your prospects and their pain points and the prospects' objections and, and then the team will ghostwrite the book. And so she said yes. And now after nine months, three people have their books done. So wow. I'm slowly making my way back to the others. But, but let me tell you, uh, let me summarize that, which is, by the way, really painful to listen to. At the end of nine months, 17 people were not able to find eight hours. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. But do you think they got writer's block? 
Because we no, hear this you know a what lot. It is? You know, people say, I got writer's oh. block. Or what they discourage yeah. um, for, for some reason. You know, it's something happened because you can't find eight hours in six months. But something, I think, happened. Or did life just happen? Oh, just there's, every, there's every excuse possible. And, and mm. some... You know, some are just business excuses, right, or, or personal. Uh, uh, sorry, I'll give you a couple. My mom died, and I'm taking care of everything else, right? So, you know, another is, you know, I'm changing the branding structure of my company, so I'm not entirely sure what I want to write on, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and then, you know, you can keep going on. So there's always a good excuse. But here's mm-hmm. why what ultimately happens. So, and by the way, this is human nature. Human nature is sometimes it's not as higher of a priority as other things. That's true. So yeah. here's, where it, here's where it gets interesting. That two-hour interview. So if I said to you, hey, sit down and from scratch, and maybe part of this is writer's block and write your quotes, maybe you can't do it. But if I guide you through an interview and then my team writes the 140 quotes, um, you better believe that you could look at the quotes and say if you like them or not. So you might spend an extra hour or worst case, two hours looking at those quotes and updating them. But you know what? You know, human nature, it's so much easier to correct something that's written than to start from scratch. Mm. And, and I, think, I think the point of that story was simply that Sometimes just if your ego is too big, so we're, it's, we're, this, this came from the ego question. If your ego is too big, you're not going to listen when your customers are talking to you. And so you've got to listen because, you know, of 20 people, 70 people didn't do their stuff. There's a problem there that I need to figure out how to solve. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, do you demand... Um, or what kind of research do you um, do you expect from your aspiring writers or authors? Could that also be something that they felt like, oh, I don't have time to do the research, so you know, I'm just going. Well, there are any. I mean, you can have a million excuses if it's not a priority. I totally agree with you on that. But is there a certain, you know, expectation in terms of researching so that you know the stuff is more authentic? It's not just, you know. Just no, something a, that makes that's a no great. Sense. So there's there's no there's no uh, there's no easy answer to that one. So because there's not a there's not a certain set of requirements. A, a lot of times, if you've been doing this business for a period of time, whatever that period of, is, you have done the research already because you've had customers you've worked with. If you've never done this job before. You know, so let's say you're, you're writing about an area and you think these are your prospects' pain points and you're guessing at what they are and you've never done that before, I would recommend a different type of book. Um, and, and so we, we actually had an author who um, did a book called Millennial Pet Peeves. You can go to aha.pub slash millennial pet peeves and you could see her book. And she interviewed 50 millennials on their pet peeves. Because she was a millennial herself, so she understood, you know, her pet peeves. But then she went ahead and interviewed 50 others. I can guarantee you, based on the conversations I had with her, that she was much more of an expert after interviewing 50 people than she was before. 
And yeah. so, and by the way, her book also included the names of the people she interviewed. So there was an opportunity for those that she interviewed to also be able to share her content. Yeah. That's also quite a good strategy. It's a good approach, actually. Charles, do you want to say something? Just jump right in. Yeah, actually, I have a question. When did you come up, I mean, when was it that you were, it was your idea to, you know, become an author? Or, like, I mean, when did you show interest um, to that field? Because <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. I. That, by the way, also, good question. Never been asked that one before, so thank you. Um, I was, the last time I actually worked for a company, last time I was in corporate was 1997. And, and, and I, my guess would be my first book, I, I believe I did in, in uh, the mid-1980s. And, and, and I self-published this. And what happened was, so I guess I was always interested in writing a book at some point in time, right? I always thought that was right. going to be something that was cool. And I think it was the decision of whether or not we should buy a house was the one that helped me decide uh, that I should write a book. Because what happens in that type of uh, – there's some things you do where everyone says you got to do it, you got to do it. So by definition – All the lawyers, mm -hmm. all the real estate people, all the banks said, oh, yeah, you have to buy a house, and it is absolutely the right thing to do, period. You know, mm -hmm. and when everyone says jump, I kind of think, oh, maybe I shouldn't jump, because if everyone says I should do it, maybe I should think about what's the other side. What does it mean if I don't jump? So I had done a ton of research on whether or not it made sense to buy a house, because it was, you know, it's one of the biggest financial decisions I, I've ever made or we've ever made. And right. uh, as it turns out, I, so I created a spreadsheet and I did an analysis and I, it, was, it was to determine whether or not, not only did it make sense to, to have a house, I, and, I, and the book I called Rent Versus Buy. It was called uh -huh. Home Ownership, the American Myth, Rent Versus Buy. And the question becomes really what city are you in? You know, and what do you expect is going to happen with housing prices? And so it was, I had such a strong opinion that although I was still working at a corporate job, I actually wrote the book because I wanted other people to have more access to information so they can make the decision that's right for them. And so that was probably the first, my first call was, hey, I made myself into whatever form of expert you'd want to call me, right? Although I never did a business of helping people do that. So that wasn't my business. But I felt like I had okay. enough expertise that I wanted to share. And so that's, that's what caused me to write my first book. Now, can I say a lesson learned afterwards? The, mm -hmm. the question for me, the lesson learned afterwards is it would have been so much better because that book actually did really well. I think we, we took in a little like $20,000 or $30,000. And for a book, that's pretty good at that time. Um, and yeah. we were written about in 500-plus uh Uh, papers across the country and and I did lots of talks on it and that was fun um, what I what would have helped me make more money was if somebody decided they wanted to write a book if I could recommend them to a realtor I mean if they wanted to buy a house if I recommended to a realtor and got a piece of the business or if they wanted to rent I I recommend them to you know rental apartment associations or stuff like that right so 
what was yeah. missing from the business model is how do I monetize outside of things than just the book? And today, that's what my primary focus is. If you're in business today, you're using a book to help push your business, not not just yeah. because you want to share knowledge. That's my two cents. Yeah. Mm. But what if? Well, um, yeah, go on, Sean. You have another question. No, but, it, it, but it's it's interesting, and um, it's it's interesting how you actually came up with the idea. You know, like because everybody says and then you were like thinking should I do it or should I not do it so and we know like basically how it is like if someone tells you like you know we really should you should do this but then in the same time you feel like why is it right now that people think that I should do it right now yeah something in life so yeah no it's a it's a it's an interesting oh let me just finish this because it's I like the the thought that goes behind that question and mm -hmm. it it'll bring up an opportunity for you to or for anyone to actually write con so basically if you're writing a book you want to write a book that people care about and and like I just to reinforce it you want to write a book that people care about and at some point in time want to pay you money not necessarily for the book but for some other service whether it's speaking on the book or consulting or recommending another product or service. And I, I know that sounds super commercial, but, I, but I'd say life is about having multiple streams of revenue and having fun all along the way. And if you're going to spend mm -hmm. a lot of your time focused on an area, how much cooler yeah. would it be if you could actually get paid for it? Because then, are you ready? If work equals play, you could play all the time. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I wanted to ask you yeah. when you were talking about the very first book you wrote, um, is it a good idea or anyway, what, what works best in your experience to write each book as a standalone, which means tomorrow you write about horses and the next time you write about spaceships, or is it better to build a body of work where you're connecting the books? So you go from horses to ponies and you know to race horses or race trucks, you know, which, which is better standalone work or building, you know, connections from one book to another. I'm thinking about that answer because in, in the, the, the difference, of course, there's a significantly different uh, answer to that, depending on whether or not you're doing fiction or nonfiction. Uh, mm -hmm. On fiction, as you well know, uh, doing things in trilogies or or the most uh, the best most profitable series of of the universe is the Harry Potter series. Oh yeah, yeah, which was which was seven books, right? So the thing that's fascinating in the fiction world is you want to write about a genre where it's easier for you to collect an audience, a following of people who care about who you are and what you do. And mm -hmm. so when you're writing in that genre, uh, the types of content you create needs to fit the, uh, in the marketing space, they call it the avatar. The avatar is what is your standard customer? Who is the standard person you're working with? So in mm -hmm. fiction, if you're, if you're writing along a particular area, you want to write to that, A, first you have to define your avatar, and then B, you want to write to that avatar. And if you decide you're going to step outside the boundaries of that writing, 
lots of people write under a different pen name, right? Because if you're used to a certain style and then all of a sudden the author that you like gives you something that is completely different and you can't relate to it, you may have lost them, right? You're not excited about it as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, in the business space, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about because if you're looking at some of the big authors that, that do multiple books over time, they, many times they have a theme that goes across. So you're going to follow Tim, Tim Ferriss, even though he covers a, a, a number of different ways of doing things. Same thing with Seth Godin. You're going to uh, Daniel Pink or I mean, there's a number of prolific business authors that continue to produce good, good content. And, and the books are not necessarily related, but what, what is related is the avatar they write to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's so it probably on the, the thing genres. Okay. So it depends on the yeah. genres when, when you, when like, if you're going to write crime or thrillers, it's better to stick within that genre and build the connections from one book to another. Um, as compared to, yeah, if you're it's, writing it's easier because you're focused. Yeah. 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 Charles, do you have any other question? Because I have a thousand and one questions. I could just keep going. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I don't want you to go with some questions on us. Yeah. I'm just thinking if I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book about makeup and beauty <laughs> and organic <laughs> stuff. Oh, well, I, so by the way, so I love that. Here's the, here's the issue or the question or the thought process. And that is, mm-hmm. um, do you have a way to monetize that? So are you part of it? This could be, you don't have to answer or, or you could, but are you part of a, a MLM where you could actually sell, whether it's Avon products or somebody else's, or are you part of multiple MLMs so that when you write, you could tie in links to products that if people decide to buy, you're actually getting paid for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. But yeah, but yeah, it does make sense. I don't really, it, it was just like a thought, you know, like maybe, you know, if, you know, in my mind, I was just thinking, why not? I mean, maybe one day it could be, you know, interesting to, because I'm, I'm, I'm maybe more in that field, you know. I'm more interesting in in beauties, makeup, um, with skin, and you know, and all these things. So um, I, I don't know if um, if anybody that came to you and wanted help with with that kind of um, you know things, with like writing a book about you know. Um, like uh, makeup, beauty, because, you know, in these days, um, I mean, young people love those things and it gets more and more into these things that people, you know, like to come up with their own brand. So, and, and, then and I would say, it. well, I, I like it, and, but here's what I'd say. And that is, if that's where you want to play, in addition to doing the research, which you're probably going to do for yourself, would be, which would be one of the reasons I think you're interested, is what could you, what could you write that's fascinating? And by the way, it doesn't have to be universally, un, you know, completely new, right? Because when people decide that they like you, they like your point of view. 
So they like your YouTube channel. They like your, I mean, and there are things you have to play with. You know, if you're going to be doing that, you've got to be on Instagram, you've got to be on Pinterest, and you have to be on YouTube, right? And mm-hmm. so you, you can start building exactly. those followings today. And what I'd also suggest, though, is think about if, if there are particular product lines you like, well, see if they have an affiliate program or a multi-level marketing program. Because you're not going to mm-hmm. make your riches on the book sales, although sometimes books pay for themselves and, and produce nice royalty checks. But the book is a right. credibility piece that allows you as a YouTuber to have that much more credibility or say, or allows you as an Instagrammer, right? So it's just one more thing you add to your profile that goes, oh, this person's legitimate and has a strong point of view. Look, they've written at least a book or a half dozen books on this topic. Right. Yeah. And, and as you were talking, you were sharing a lot of good tips of how to go about the process, you know, of, you know, you know, writing the book and connecting them to different avenues, you know, where you can get some money in, you know, revenue streams, which is quite, um, I think it's quite um, useful because um, the YouTube videos, then you find a brand and the multi-level marketing. So basically it takes a lot of work. <laughs> you can tell it's not just doing one thing yeah. and expecting it just to go boom. You know, I think you have to, you know, look at it 360 and see what is going on around. Um, and as you were talking, I was wondering, because um, she was talking about the makeup and, and, um, and then you gave her all these different tips of what to consider. And I was thinking, what for you in your experience, and, you know, because you've done this thing, what was the best money? You can choose not to answer if you don't want to. What was the best money you ever spent as a writer? You know, was it in the business first or in the networking first? Or in this case, would it be in the multi-level marketing? Because there's some money, I think, with the ones I know, you know, there's a membership or, in, you know, first investment you have to do. You know what I mean? So, hmm. um, and that looked like That's what you good. were kind of, mm, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking, it, I guess maybe I... it's better in my head. I was thinking, is it better for us to you know, spend your money in something and then leave that on to the writing, you know? And that's when I thought, what is the best money you spent as a writer? Uh, I because got it's you. it's like the groundwork, you know, what is the groundwork or, or just as a writer, maybe you wrote the book and spent the money marketing it to an MLM. I don't know. Reverse. I don't know. Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. I, I it's one of those, it's really, it's, it, it's one of those answers that what might be relevant for me may not be relevant for others type answers, right? So I, I think what I was trying to get to before is if you really like, by definition, if you're going to write a book, you should like the subject area. And if you really like the subject area, it's not really work anymore. It's, it's more like play. And, and what I'd like to encourage people to think about, if you're going to be playing, play more than just the writing, Right? So you've got to understand the industry you're playing in and figure out where, before you even start writing your book, what you may want to consider is where you're going to make money. Right? And, and that's right. Once again, I'll, I'll, I'll send people back to ahadat.com slash author. One of the four questions is, is how are you going to market your book? Well, the, if, you, if you even think about that before you start, it, it'll help you at the end be that much more successful. And by the way, if you like makeup and you like doing what you're doing and you don't have 
Pinterest, Instagram, and YouTube, uh, uh, slap yourself on the wrist and fix that, <laughs> right? Because there's no mm-hmm. reason you can't start tomorrow. And, and the worst thing or best thing is <laughs> what if you really love what you do so much, you've, you go to other Pinterest accounts and you pin other people's stuff they, they've done and you pin them on your Pinterest. Uh, on Instagram, you can even take pictures from Pinterest and and share other people's Instagram stuff. On YouTube, why don't you just do a review of the Pinterest accounts and interest accounts, uh, Instagram accounts you've looked at and tell people why you like this person and why they should follow this other person. And before you even create your own content, if you understand the landscape and who you're playing with and who else is out there doing good things, A, you'll get good ideas, B, you'll have fun doing it, and C, you might be able to start attracting the audience that you want to have follow you. Was that helpful? Yes, it was. <laughs> I mean, you're giving us like new ideas, you know, with your, you know. <laughs> I'm just thinking, is there another alternative to social media? Because I know somebody who doesn't like social media. <laughs> And, and they would love to promote their, their stuff. Is there an alternative? Well, I, I just ask them the same question. Um, is there an alternative to, in the old days, having a physical address or having a fax machine or having a website? Uh, if you want to do business today, unless you somehow have word of mouth marketing and your customers are never going to disappear, because life is never going to cause them to go away. Uh, you need to have social media to be in business today. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> yeah, you you're right. No, but it is actually true. Social media, it's such a huge effect on basically everything today. Um, not only makeup, but I mean something happens in one country you know it in a one second because of the social media so um yeah i think i think yeah you're right if you know if you want to do something then i guess like beginning with the social media will be a good thing even baby steps are fine right the, the advice i gave you baby steps but very simple you create in the account that you want, you research what other people are doing. And by the way, as you're researching what other people are doing, if you like it, you share it on your account. How easy is that? Very. And what happens is there may be people who see what you're doing and go, oh, I like her opinion. Let me follow her. And that is the steps. And then, by the way, when people follow you, what do you do? Don't ignore them. Say thank you. I appreciate you following me. What else would you like me to do for you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. You'll never know until you try. Anyway, Mr. Levy, we have 11 minutes left on the show. Um, Shaz, do you have any other questions? Because we'll just start to wind it up just slowly. Um, yeah, I have a I question which has been sitting on in my mind the whole time you've been talking. I was just thinking, if you, you know, usually people say, oh, I did this, but I wanted to do something before. 
if you did not become this amazing writer <laughs> and publisher and author and speaker, what would you be doing, Mr. Libby? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you what I now use as my tagline, oh. which is really the essence of who I am. And, and I think I, when I was growing up, I thought to myself, man, can I, can I be a photographer? Because I love photography. And I go, oh, no, that, there's a cap on that. Uh, should I be a waiter? Because I really like doing it. Nope, nope, there's a cap on revenue. Um, should I be a game developer? And I go, oh, that'd be kind of cool. But that never came to fruition. And what I do today, I call myself the aha guy at aha that. I, and the aha guy is a person who draws inspiration in others. And what I do, I am a people publisher that empowers thought leaders to share their genius. To me, yeah. that's hmm. the essence of being able to help other people be successful in ways, well, books are one thing we do. We also do many other services. And the thing is helping other people achieve their dreams and, and be excited and reach their audience and help other people solve their problems. I, you know, I, I think I've landed on what I love doing and, and along the way, you know, I, I've only done pieces of that. So now I'm actually at the stage where I'm, I'm ahead of the market on something that's coming and I'm excited about what I'm doing. And, and part of, part of it is being engaged with people who, who are passionate about changing some part or helping other people be successful. And I love doing that. Awesome. And there's another word that you use quite a bit um, throughout this um, amazing interview is integrity. You use it a lot when you were talking about, you know, doing business, encouraging authors, anything, writers, you know, helping people. You use that word a lot, which I think is really important in today's world where you get, you know, everything yeah. is thrown at you and you can't even sift through the whole mess, you know, sometimes. I think that's a word that's really important, integrity. I, I, I think that's just um, awesome. And um, you shared your website. You've shared your information. And um, I'd just like to ask, for us, we're based here in Europe. We're based in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, how would that work? You know, um, is, are, there, is, are there any complexities or things we have to look out for? You know, I, the EU works may be different from the U.S. Um, you're based in the U.S. Or can somebody just you know, go ahead, buy the products and no problem. <laughs> you know, I, are there some I think, things we have to know? I think, we, yeah, no, this is a good question. I think we've, I, how about my lawyers would say, yes, we've complied with all the EU uh, requirements. Things change a lot over there that mm -hmm. are not here. I, I'm pretty sure we're 100% uh, in compliance with all areas of privacy, which is probably the biggest issue that the EU is, is that much more advanced than the U.S. is on that. Uh -huh. uh, the thing that we don't do, so, oh, let me tell you one thing we do. We, we, right now, we don't have any Danish folks who can do the copy edit for you. So if you wrote it in your native language, we wouldn't have people directly online. We, we've done many books um, in uh, English and Spanish or English and, and Japanese uh, kanji or English and, and you fill in the blank. And we have a whole series. Have you done me, German? Me just, have you done English German? Um, I don't think we've done German, not yet, with this one caveat. If you go okay. to 
ahavat.com slash phrases. We've uh-huh. got 40 plus phrase books where we take books like, and, and we say phrases like happy birthday or you are awesome or have a great day or have a great <clears throat> weekend or thank you. And we've mm-hmm. taken those phrases and we converted them into 100 plus languages. Okay. So we, we've actually done that. And so we, we may, we may and, and, and hopefully we didn't butcher the German side of it or anything else, but we, uh, <laughs> we've got a bunch of phrase books. So, so I'd say the answer is I don't think there's any issue. Obviously, if you're writing in English, it's never an issue. If we're going to another language, the, the biggest issue is making sure that the – that you have somebody in your team that could do a good copy edit of the content, right? Just to make okay. sure that, that what we, when it gets laid out or what we end up doing is really says what it's supposed to be saying. Cause I don't think we have the right, I'm not sure we would have the right resources to be able to do that for you. Okay. So it's just the language thing. So as long as you have, you know, your tra- translators um, and they're good at they, and they do a good job, then there is no, no other barriers. Because I know sometimes the EU has many laws underneath, you know, even the tax system is different. If you're doing such a transaction sometimes, you know, things just tend to overlap, you know. And sometimes it can be discouraging when you want to do something with, you know, with the states, you know. Or, you no, know, and we would, we, generally, generally we're okay and we would distribute through... It, in EU, we've got a we've got a bunch of different distributors, but Amazon is also a great place to distribute your physical books at. Um, and okay, so, so you we also would, work we would, with Amazon. Okay, closely with Amazon, and you have local distributors around uh, Europe as well. We do, although I I I'm not sure what we have in each country, so we'd have to talk. You know, if, it, if it's in, so, here's the thing: if we have something and it works for you, great. If we don't, mm-hmm. either us or you can approach them if it makes sense. Okay. Right? So and they, so, okay, so that's, the, that's the thing that's... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the part that's interesting is at the end of the day, remember, this is your book. <laughs> and and if, if we don't have the right person in your country to solve the problem and you want to be the right person or you can uh, either recommend or deal with the right person, uh, then mm-hmm. we're happy to accommodate because it's, once again, it's, it's your book. You got to use it in a way that makes sense for you. Yeah, but a lot of these things usually find out as you go along because, the, like you said, these this laws, they change every day. And so you never know. <laughs> you just have to work through it as you go along. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Shaz, any last question before we head out? No, I think you really came up with some good ideas for me or maybe for us. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we will, you know... <laughs> over it and then you know you never know maybe uh, you will see us next next time with a huge well, well, stay, big yeah. promotion with the book well, stay in <laughs> touch and let me know if there's something I inspired feel free to to share and let me let me see it and maybe what I'll do is uh, share it to my network sure thank you yeah. and it has of course been uh, interesting and pleasure to have you on our show we learned a lot of you know about author and books and how you can do your stuff and you know you gave us some good advice and some good tips 
I mean, all around, oh. it's been absolutely yes. a pleasure and an honor. It's been so awesome, really. We have three minutes left on the show, and I don't know. I've had so much fun, and I've really enjoyed this discussion. I mean, you're, you have a lot of um, experience and a wealth of knowledge. Um, it's been really, really amazing. And uh, thank you for coming to the show. It's, it's oh, really yeah, awesome. thank you. And so yeah. I guess for those listening, my pleasure. For those listening, feel free to Google Mitchell Levy, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, last name Levy, L-E-V-Y. Um, uh, feel free to connect to me on social media. If you have questions, just like I'd, I'd make the same statement to, to you ladies, if you have questions about publishing your book, um, you know, go to ahavat.com slash author. As I mentioned, you should, you should read uh, the step number two. You should fill out step number one, which is a Word document. Fill out at least 10 points of step number three. And if you're curious if this is the right direction for you, just mention that you're on this show. And when you submit it, and there's an email address on that page, uh, tell my team that you heard Mitchell Levy on the radio on this particular program and you'd want me to do a quick review for you. And my team will make sure I, I get, get a look at it and give you feedback. <laughs> okay, and go easy on us, okay. you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't ask. Step level, okay, Mr. Well, <laughs> I would say don't ask for feedback unless you want honest feedback. No, I think everybody does want honest feedback. In all seriousness, yeah. you don't want nothing short of honest feedback because that is not going to help you. So um, I am saying so I don't, I don't, we do I, want honest feedback because then it's not yeah, even so pointless. I, I yeah. know, and, and sometimes I, I, I guess, I, guess I, I typically tend to not be mean, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> the answer the might be, oh, maybe you should do another book, you know, so... <laughs> So. <laughs> I think we can handle that kind of feedback. Like you said, we have a lot of skills, right? Everybody has something. So we'll just go into our tool bag, you know, our toolkit, our bag of tricks and find something useful. Anyway, exactly. Mr. any last words to leave us with? We are honored. It's been a pleasure. Yes, we, we are. Definitely. So much fun. And before we head out of here, I want to wish you all the best for the TEDx. Drop us a link or oh, an email you. so that we can watch you on YouTube or wherever you're going to air it. Send us the videos. We absolutely want to watch that and, um, and um, yeah, and see this dream come to fruition for you. Congratulations oh, on that. Oh, that's beautiful. We wish you oh, all thank the you. best on that. I wish you all yeah. the Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and the same thing for you and your audience. You know, do the thank stuff you. that you love doing and have fun. There you have it. We definitely do it. <laughs> Thank you. I know we do, and we love to just have fun throughout, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, we can't say thank you enough. And to all our listeners, thank you, y'all, and thank you, guests. I'm sorry that we couldn't get all your questions in, but I could see your questions, and he was answering them as we were going along. Trust me, I could see it. The answers were coming in. So he was on point with a lot of things. So, um yeah, and um, go check out the website. Um, look at some of the quotes that are shared there. Think about it. Consider it. Try it. You only live once. You have nothing to lose. Okay, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Shaz. It's been good. Thank been you, awesome. Faye. Thank you, Mrs. Mr. Levy. Are you welcome? Have a great day. <laughs> you too. Yeah, you too. Have a fantastic Thanks for the time. Day. And um, y'all, let's all go and change the world, okay, everybody? I'll be Thank a better you. man today. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. And I'll be good.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.